It is Tuesday, May 2nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Sixers take game one thanks to a monster performance from James Harden. And a game seven in the NHL playoffs. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Nuggets take a 2-0 lead on the Suns, and shocker, Chris Paul is hurt. The Sixers take game one from the Celtics thanks to 45 points from James Harden. And we're about to get into LeBron v. Steph. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? We'll start with the NBA playoffs, and let's talk about James Harden's 45-point performance as the Sixers defeat the Celtics 119-115. He had a clutch three with about, I guess, under 20 seconds remaining to give the Sixers the lead, and then the Celtics unable to come up with a shot there on their next possession, which was like, I don't know, less than 10 seconds left. And the Sixers steal game one. Still, though, the Celtics are a minus 180 favorite in this series. I don't understand it. The the Sixers go to Boston, win a game without the MVP. No Joel Embiid in this game. They still win. And up 1-0, they are big dogs still in this series. It, it would make sense to me if the, you know, if the Celtics were like 10 games better than the Sixers in the regular season. Mm-hmm. They weren't. <laughs> there were three games in the standings between those two those two teams. I, I just I, the Sixers disrespect has been out of control and it continues with this. Well, if I told you that the Celtics win game two, which is likely, uh, they are nine point favorites in game two, and the series is they tied. Were ten point favorites last night. Sure, but if I say they win game two, the series is tied going back to to Philadelphia, going to Philadelphia for the first time. All, all Minus Celtics, 180 sounds right. Yeah, all the Celtics have to do, though, is win one game in Philly and they retake home court advantage. Sure. But we're just, we're the line, the number you just said makes it sound like that's already happened mm-hmm. and it has not happened. I think it's, it's factoring in the fact that there are such heavy favorites for game two. Well, of course. I mean, that's, but. I, I don't know. I, it just feels di- like I thought the original line was disrespectful. I, I think there's still disrespect happening here. I, I think the Sixers are so live in this series. I, it, the, the Celtics are a flawed team. This isn't. This team's not as good as they were last year, certainly. And they, that's why they struggled with the Hawks. That's why we see them struggling here. This is not like some, you know, infallible team. This is they're good team. Don't get me wrong. But last night, it was it basically everything good that happened with that team was the Jason Tatum show. Mm-hmm. And there was some real issues defensively. Like the play you mentioned, James Harden hitting the three, they were getting switched on so much. And the Sixers or the, uh, the Celtics couldn't adjust. On that last three, Al Horford's out at the three point line trying to guard James Harden one on one. That's terrible defense for a team whose identity was defense, uh, you know, when they when they went to the finals last mm-hmm. year. I don't think this team is as good defensively as they were. I think they are, a, they are a flawed team, and I think they're being priced like they're the same team they were a year ago. I just don't think that's fair. I think what a big difference is, I mean, you mentioned uh, defensively. Last year, throughout the NBA playoffs, all we heard about was the Celtics' defense. 
all we heard about was Robert Williams, right, and how incredible he was Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, yeah, right? Der- and, Derek White, oh, and, yeah. And how many times did we give out the stats last year of the Celtics having the best defense in the NBA from January on, right? It was like all of a sudden it took them 25 games or so to get used to, you know, I guess Ime Udoka's system, and then all of a sudden they become the best defense in the NBA, and they carried that all throughout the playoffs. I think what you're seeing this year is that it's a different system. It's a different team. This is not Ime Udoka's team anymore. He is not the coach anymore. Uh, and by the way, he's a pretty good coach. Yeah, he's a really good coach. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's a different system. And yes, are they crazy talented? Absolutely. Jason Tatum is one of the top five players in the league right now. Uh, I, I, we can have that debate. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, these, this is the same, these are the same pieces that they had. But they're not getting contributions from the bench. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon scored 20 points last night, but Robert Williams doesn't score. You know, Grant Williams barely plays. Uh, other guys don't see the court at all. They they just run a, you know, a six or a seven-man rotation. And James Harden was too good last night. Is this, is this going to happen every night? I don't think so. But I do believe that the Celtics are a little bit um, lacking in depth right now compared to the Sixers. If that and and that's even including Joel Embiid being out. Yeah, I I think that's the case. And and really, the only reason you saw the minutes that you saw last night was because Marcus Smart ended up with with sort being sort of banged up, and he was on the sidelines for a bit. Like, I I think the Celtics planned on using an even shorter bench. Uh, and this is where, again, it's a. It, it was nice for the Sixers to get the, the sweep in the first round and have extra rest. Celtics have been working, and they're they're they lack depth. It's punishing them now. Uh, I think it continues to punish them in this series. That's why I can't understand why we're pricing this team like it was last year's team. Yeah, uh, look, they did have a couple of bench players that played a ton of minutes last night, like I said, in Brogdon and Robert Williams. Um, and and to be fair, the Sixers only went three deep in their bench. But it's up and down contributions, right? Tobias Harris with 18 points. It's Maxi with 26. It's DeAndre Melton with 20 points. And yeah, James Harden scoring 45 is going to help. It's, 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 it's Patrick Reed with uh, or Paul Reed, excuse me, I'm thinking golf, Patrick Reed. Paul Reed with 13 rebounds last night, stepping in big time, you know, in the absence of Joel Embiid. So, uh, I, I and hadn't hitting two clutch free throws at the end of the game as well. I still like this Celtics team. I'll still take the Celtics to win this series. The price doesn't make sense to me, but after the, I, I'm curious to see what the adjustment is after game two, if the Celtics win game two. The other th- the other key stat in last night's game, and I don't I certainly don't think this is repeatable, but the Sixers only had six turnovers. You turn the ball over six times in a game, yep. you're probably doing okay. Marcus Smart had six turnovers by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he the, usually the, does. The final turnover count was 16 to six. Uh, that All those extra possessions, that's a, a huge edge. Uh, the, the the Sixers get off 14 more shots. Those those are the numbers at the end of the night that you go, man. That's why well, that's why they won this game. Another big reason is you want to talk about the big time players performing late in the game when you when you need them the most. Jason Tatum's last field goal was at 11 minutes and six seconds left in the game. Yeah, 
He didn't score a field goal in the final 11 minutes of the game. Jalen Brown, his last shot with about six minutes left. You're not getting points in the final 11 minutes from your two best players and your best player in Jason Tatum? You're not winning a game. I'm sorry. It's crazy. The Celtics, they shot 58.7% from the field. They committed only 10 fouls and lost the game. In the regular season and playoffs, teams in the shot clock era, which is since 1954, when shooting at least 55% and committing 10 or fewer fouls in a game, 23-0 yep. up until last night. And, you, I mean, you mentioned the the not just the scoring droughts, but – Jalen Brown with a late turnover in a key moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Tatum on the the possession that the Celtics after the maxi layup or the maxi dunk that basically gave the the Sixers the lead after the turnover. Jason Tatum gets called for the foul that, that turns the ball over and, and lets the Sixers go down and shoot free throws. Their big stars came just came up short in the big mm-hmm. moments, and that's that was a killer last night. It's the Celtics' ninth loss as a double-digit favorite this season, including the playoffs. That's the most by any team in one single year since 1990-91. Every time you say another stat like that, it makes me go, why are they priced like this to win the series? I'm sure there'll be an adjustment. There's uh, got to be. I'm sure. If you like the the, the Sixers right now, Log online and, and and get them at plus one fifty five. I I think that I think that's the move. Honestly, I I think I'm gonna have to invest in the Sixers at some point. I'm here. not. You can do it. I'm not. That's fair enough. I, I mean, because I can easily see this series is gonna be two one Celtics after Game Three. Cool. And then you know who shows up? The best player in the league. <laughs> Maybe that helps. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that helps. <laughs> Maybe that's why the Celtics will win. Uh, elsewhere, last night the Phoenix Suns go down two games to none. Losing to the Denver Nuggets, 97-87. And yes, we're going to talk about it from the Suns' perspective. Yes, the Suns lose. Every news outlet is talking about it from the Suns' perspective of the Suns losing. And the only reason is because the Suns were a favorite to win this series, to win the NBA Finals. Ever since they got Kevin Durant, it's been Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix. But we got to start giving some respect here to the Denver Nuggets. This is a very good basketball team. How many times did I talk to you about it, AJ, on this show or on the other pods where I said, wait a minute, remember when everybody was talking about last year, if the Nuggets got healthy, all of a sudden they'd be a team to, to bet on in the playoffs? Now they never got healthy. But this is that team. This is the healthy version of that team that everybody thought had the chance to do something special last year. Yeah, and it, it, a lot of the if they were healthy last year talk was about Jamal Murray, who was absolutely dog water last night. It didn't matter. <laughs> uh, this well, it was Murray. It was Michael Porter Jr. The, you know, they they were playing, and it's amazing that Jokic won the MVP because they played last year with Jokic and nobody else. I give them a lot of credit, particularly in last night's win, because man, it felt like the whistles were out to get them in this game and now they're listen the Suns got some some whistles on them early they, they let them play really aggressive ball for a while and then they started getting foul happy and how many how many free throws do you think the Suns took last night um less than 10 yeah five yeah that's how many did the Nuggets take 21 okay yeah they were calling there was a there was a play early in the fourth quarter where the ball was clearly out of bounds on Phoenix 
And I don't know why Denver didn't challenge it. I, I, and I mean, this was like a, a tight game, like a three-point game at this point in the fourth quarter. I don't know why they didn't challenge it, but they don't. So Phoenix gets the ball. They missed a shot. They call a foul on the rebound on Denver. Okay. Side out. Phoenix takes a shot. They miss. Another foul on Denver on the rebound. Next thing, same three times in a row, they call a foul on Denver, a loose ball foul on Denver. I was like, what's happening here? DeAndre Ayton was in foul trouble very early in the game. Kevin Durant had his fourth foul, I think, early in the fourth quarter. There were 25 uh, fouls called on Phoenix, 16 foul calls on Denver, but it didn't amount to shooting fouls it did not. as the Suns only shot five three throws, as I said, compared to the 21 for the Nuggets. But like I said, late in the game, it felt like the it felt like the officials were trying to even things out. <laughs> and the, the Suns could not make shots and the Nuggets couldn't miss. The fourth quarter was Absolute domination by the Nuggets. 27-14, they outscored the Suns in the fourth quarter. Uh, they just the Suns couldn't make a shot. No matter no matter what happened, they couldn't make their shots. Do we have a um, like a shot quality score for last night? I would imagine that it's like uh, you know the, the Suns probably got the better of it since that seems like it always was. I see a halftime score last night. It was it should have been 59-44 in favor of the Phoenix Suns for the halftime score last night. Yeah. And last night, the Suns only had 42 points, and Denver had 40. What a low-scoring first half yeah. it was. Jeez. I mean, in general, a, a low-scoring game. Like, it, when you don't see, you don't see mm-hmm. games like this very often in, in, the, in the NBA playoffs. So, yeah, a very low-scoring game. Updated odds to win the series. Denver minus 280. Phoenix plus 220. Can I interest you in Phoenix? Remember, a series doesn't start till a team loses a home game. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I again, I want to see. I want to see the Nuggets act like this. Someone tweeted me yesterday about why, why aren't we? Why are we Nuggets haters? And I, I don't think I'm a Nuggets hater. I, it's just the Nuggets are another one of these franchises that always seems like they should have a team that competes. And then they don't. Mm-hmm. They're always a team that's – the Jazz were like this for a long time. You can have the best record in the league, and there's no way they're going to show up in the playoffs. And the Nuggets have been that. So I I, I want to say the Nuggets are going are, are gonna to keep rolling. I just ha- I have a hard time putting much faith in them, uh, particularly once they get away from home. I don't know. I don't think I'm interested in the Suns, but that's the only side I would bet right now. The Suns as a dog. Suns are five point favorites in Game Three on Friday. Um, I assume we will wait and find out the status of Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul limps off the floor again in the playoffs, just like he's done every single playoffs from the beginning of time mm-hmm. till now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and at this point, Chris Paul is like the fourth most important player on their team. Yeah. But he's still the point guard, and it's still a you know it's it's still an injury. It's still a guy who who they count on for meaningful minutes, and that's a team again that does not go very deep. And maybe this opens things up, allows Durant to control the ball and be a be a facilitator or or Booker, and we'll see how they adjust. But it didn't look good in the fourth quarter, scoring only fourteen points. Maybe that's where you miss a guy like Chris Paul. Uh, well, I, I don't think Booker has any problem uh, taking control of the ball and taking yeah. shots. He, he's shown no hesitancy. Uh, but the problem is, they're, you know, when I say they're not very deep, 
four bench points mm-hmm. uh, for the Suns last night. Uh, that's just that's that's a pathetic number. So here's where we're at tonight. Knicks and Heat game two from Madison Square Garden. The Heat stole game one. Why'd they steal it? Because Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler didn't even do much. He was more like a decoy late in the game. Uh, but the Knicks just couldn't uh, make shots. Jalen Brunson and and um, Julius Randle are banged up. So the Knicks health status for this game, too, is kind of in question. Uh, they're six-and-a-half-point favorites for this game, too. Give me heat plus six and a half. I mean, yeah. But we don't know about Jimmy Butler's health also for this game. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, he played 43 minutes. It seems, it seems mm. pretty healthy. Like, <laughs> and if it, I don't know if, uh, I, I don't know about Jalen Brunson and Julius Rand, like Julius Randle not playing. I, you know, I'm not here to call anybody soft or anything. Jimmy Butler's playing through this. Like, Jimmy Butler seems like the kind of guy, like, if you have to wrap some duct tape around him, he'll get out there and play. Not yeah. everybody in the NBA is that way. Let's just, let's, that, that's the nice way to word it. Uh, you would think that maybe being up one game, if there was a time for Jimmy to sit one out, this would be it. But I don't know that, I, I don't I don't know that the does. eight seed Heat yeah. feel like they can just, uh, Rest on a 1-0 series lead, I, I, and I don't. I don't think they should rest on a 1-0 lead. I kind of like the Knicks. Just if Butler is limited at all, I think that's the way that you have to look. Just you know, he's got the ankle injury. He's questionable. He's it suffered. He suffered it in the fourth quarter. I do think you're right that he plays. I just don't know how effective he's going to be if if he plays a full game tonight. Knicks back against the wall. I kind of like the whole zigzag thing. Home team loses game one. I mean, McKenzie's told us the stats a, a, a billion times, right? The home after the home team loses game one, game two they cover. It's what is that fifty nine percent? It's it's something uh, it's something high like that. So it just feels like that six and a half feels like that's being built in. I agree. Yeah. It shouldn't be this high. You're, you're paying a Knicks tax. I think it's not just that, but it's also the Jimmy Butler ankle tax yeah. that you're paying here. Uh, but Knicks minus 275 to win the game, minus six and a half point favorites. Favorites tonight are the Golden State Warriors, minus four and a half against the Lakers, game one of their Western Conference semifinals. Yeah, and the Warriors back at home uh, where they, System. they recently lost a game. What? You can believe that. Yeah, I, I'm – this is probably, you know, about as excited as I could be for a, a second round series, g- given that both these teams, n- neither one of them's like a one or a two seed. These weren't like, you know, teams that came roaring into the playoffs. Uh, but the fact that, that that this series is ends up being like, you know, the six seed and the and the the seven seed win their games, and that this is the series we get. It's hard to imagine being more excited about a six seven series than this one. Yeah, this is going to be an incredible series. The Television networks, uh, T- TNT, very happy about this matchup. I, what did I say? I said uh, Warriors and six. Warriors and six is yeah. what you said. I think I'm going to stick to it. And I think it, they get game one tonight. I think the Warriors win game one. And I'll say, you know what I say? Though? I think the Warriors take both. How about that? You, they take both home games? Both home games. Okay. 2-0 series lead going to L.A. And then... They'll split in L.A., go up 3-2. They'll lose with a chance to clinch it at home. That's when it'll be 3-2. to mm-hmm. It'll be 3-1. They'll lose with a chance to clinch it at home, 3-2. They'll go to L.A. for game six, and they'll win it. Okay. Warriors and six. Warriors series price, what's your guess on that? 
Uh, minus 160. Warriors series price right now is minus 145. Mm, okay. feel like money's coming in on the Lakers. People are buying on the Lakers. Yeah. Plus 120 on the comeback for the Lakers. Yeah. That Knicks Heat series, uh, going back to that for tonight also, Heat are minus 150 to win the series. Knicks plus 125. What were they to start? Where the Knicks, Knicks were fla- like Knicks slight were favorite, favorites? Yeah, well, they, they started at 130, and then it went all the way up to like 155, 160. And money came in on the Knicks before game one. So now it has gone and it has flipped now. Heat minus 150, Knicks plus 125. Warriors minus 145, Lakers plus 120. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness, and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Scott, they say Game 7s in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs are about as good as it gets. We've had three of them so far. We had another one last night. The New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers. Tell us what happened, friend. The Devils were faster. They clogged up the neutral zone. Every time the Rangers entered the offensive zone, the Devils cleared the puck immediately. What changed about this series? Because after two games, you were saying the Devils are super soft. Yep. They're not built for playoff hockey. They're not tough enough for playoff hockey. What changed over the course of this series? Uh, they made the goaltending switch. And that's the biggest factor that changed everything. Akira Shamid came in and locked down the net to the point where the Devils felt more confident to stretch offensively. 
Whereas after games, during, after game one, you lose big. And in game two, you get blown out as well. It, you had to play a different style when you didn't trust your goaltender to make saves. Schmid comes in, and in game three, it, this was an absolute coin flip game. In my opinion, that game changed the entire series. The Rangers win. They're up 3-0. They're not losing this series. That game, it goes to overtime. The Devils get the overtime winner, and it kept them alive in this series. And it gave them faith that they have a goaltender that could save them if they gave up some high-danger chances. So you can be aggressive. You can pinch up a little bit. You don't have to worry about providing extra support on the defensive side. Then comes game four, another close coin flip game. But the Devils were the better team. They got the late goal to go up 2-1, and they get the empty netter. They win that game 3-1. Then the next game was absolutely a dominant performance by the Devils. Rangers come back and dominate game six. And last night was as good a performance from the Devils, probably better than their 4 nothing performance in game number five. But this game just looked different. This It wasn't so much an offensive onslaught. It was their defense caused offensive chances. They Every time the Rangers, like I said, every time the Rangers tried to enter the zone, they had zero possession. The Devils got the puck out so quickly, utilized their speed, multiple odd man rushes. They had 17 high danger scoring chances in last night's game compared to the Rangers, just five. And credit to Igor Shesterkin, who I thought, you know, despite only making 20 saves, there was only 23 shots on goal, he was incredible because the Devils probably should have scored a lot more than the three goals that they did against him. Probably five, maybe five goals they should have scored. And he kept the Rangers in the game, but the Rangers could not get anything past Akira Schmid. They didn't really have a lot of prime chances to score. There was maybe... Three shots that I felt, man, Rangers should have scored there. The rest of the game, I just felt like they weren't putting the puck on the net because they never got a clear look at the net. They never got possession in the offensive zone. The Devils were just the better team from start to finish. Their their speed was a big difference. The Rangers tried to get physical. Jacob Truba laid out Timo Meyer in the third period. Meyer had to leave the game. And... The Devils just never, never backed down. So credit to them, utilizing their speed, utilizing their their defensive style to kind of propel their offense. And I think it's going to be such an exciting series when they play Carolina because both teams like to play fast. It's going to be a lot of up and down skating. I thought the way that the game last night played in the first period, there wasn't a lot of whistles. There wasn't a lot of icing. It was really back and forth, up and down hockey that played right into the Devils. And even though it was tied 0-0 after that first period, there's no way anybody watched that first period and didn't think the Devils had this game. Because the Rangers want to slow you down. The Rangers want to play a possession-type game. Sort of, to to make a basketball analogy, they want to play half-court. Yeah, They want to play a half-court offense. They want to set themselves up in the offensive zone Go past the puck D to D and get deflections in front of the net. Whereas the Devils, they want to skate up and down. Odd man rushes, two on ones. That's their game. That's their style. And that's the style of the game that played last night. 
and it played out into the Devils' advantage. And I think the Devils now have a real good shot to do something special. I said on yesterday morning show, the winner of this game was going to the Eastern Conference, was going to the Stanley Cup Final. And I believe that. I think the Devils are going to get past the Carolina Hurricanes. And then whether it's the Panthers or the Maple Leafs, the Maple Leafs would be a really tough matchup because they have speed as well. Looking at the series price right now, Devils are favored over Carolina, despite not having home ice advantage. Devils are minus 130 in that series. Carolina plus 110 on the comeback. You look at the odds to win the Stanley Cup, Devils are your fourth favorite right now at 6-1. to one. Toronto is your favorite, plus 350. Edmonton, plus 425. Dallas, plus 550. Devils at 6-1. to one. I said it yesterday morning. I'll repeat it again. Devils are going to the Stanley Cup final. And remember on the Dream Pod last week when I gave my criteria and I said only three teams meet my criteria of a Stanley Cup champion. And maybe I should have listened to myself instead of going with the Rangers experience in game seven. But I said only three teams meet my criteria. The Bruins, the Dallas Stars, and the New Jersey Devils. And here you have the Devils now one step closer uh, speaking of that Rangers experience, I love it how, like, I retweet something last night and, and everyone just gets on me after the game, like, okay, like, if the Rangers won, would you now tweet at me? Like, like my comment was asinine. Kenny Albert tweeted out before the game, Rangers lineup yesterday had a combined record, like we're talking at Game 7 experience, 43-7 and seven in Game 7s. So if you add up all the players on the team that had played in the Game 7 before, first off, the Rangers as a team, 7-1 and one in their last eight Game 7s, and the players on the team, 43-7 and seven in Game 7s. So I tweeted out, experience matters. Yeah. Then the Rangers lose, and now I got people, does it though? Talent does. You know, do, how about that experience? Yeah, they lost the game. It happens. It's a Game 7. It's a coin flip series. I said it from the get-go. This series was going to seven. I said it yesterday morning. The winner of this series goes to the Stanley Cup final. And I believe the Devils will go to the Stanley Cup final. So let's talk about what we have tonight as the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs get underway. Oh, here's some notes on the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Underdogs, 26-22 and 22 with one pick em. If you that, bet, bet all the dogs, you're doing well. That seems pretty strong, yeah. The road teams, 31 and 19. That is incredible. 31 and 19, the road teams. Home ice advantage has meant absolutely nothing. Totals, overs, 26 to 24. So nothing really overwhelming as far as the overs or the unders, 26 and 24 to the over. The most overwhelming stat right now after the first round, the road teams, 31 and 19. Last year, home teams went 54 and 35 in the playoffs. So we already have road teams having 31 wins. Last year, road teams only had 35. That's in the entire playoffs. Wow. In the first round, the road teams have won 31 games already. One of those uh, one of those wild years. One of those wild years. So here's what's on the schedule for 
tonight's game ones. The Panthers at the Maple Leafs, Toronto minus 165. And Toronto in that series is a minus 170 favorite. And then you'll have game one between the Stars and the Kraken, Dallas minus 178. Dallas in that series, minus 205. And as much as I love the Kraken, as good as they were to me in round one, I can't go against my Stanley Cup criteria. And Dallas is one of the teams that meets that criteria. I think Dallas, if it's Dallas, New Jersey in the Stanley Cup final, it would not shock me at all. Okay. Not shock me at all. But the Kraken have been... uh, They've been darlings. They've scored first. They've scored first in every game that they have played. So that that is uh, what we have noticed <laughs> about this team. De- speaking of like Devils and and uh, Dallas Stars, so Dallas was just in the Stanley Cup final in 2020, right? That was uh, the loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Before that, Dallas was in the Stanley Cup final. I want to say, man, I think it was when they went back-to-back years. 1999, they won the Stanley Cup. In 2000, Dallas lost the Stanley Cup. The team that beat them in the Stanley Cup final in the year 2000? The New Jersey Devils. Might might be having a little rematch this year. All right, Scott. uh, You're the Yankees guy here. Explain to me the purpose of a closer... Uh, and why you don't go to him to start the ninth inning. So you're referring to the Yankee game last night. Yeah. In which the Yankees had a 2-0 lead going into the top of the ninth inning, and the Guardians scored three runs and win the game 3-2. to I'll give you a little background first before we start to criticize Aaron Boone because I think you and I disagree on how Aaron Boone should have played this last okay. night. Domingo Herman going into the ninth inning, had allowed only one hit. Okay. He had only walked one batter. Sounds awesome. He is pitching a gem of a game. Mm -hmm. He gets the first out of the ninth inning. And then he gives up a hit. The second hit he has allowed all game long. To Stephen Kwan. That's when Aaron Boone decides to take him out for Clay Holmes. Okay. So now's the time when he decides, okay, now I want to use my closer. Who's used to coming into a clean inning in the ninth inning? That, I agree. You would rather have him start the inning clean. Now. I disagree. Is, with, would he go down in history for throwing a one-hitter uh, if he were to finish that ninth inning? No, but I don't think that. I think your best chance right there was staying with Domingo Herman. That's but he that's only, a short-sighted only, way to look at things. He had only thrown 88 pitches, awesome. and he was he had thrown an absolute gem and never got into trouble one time. Uh, I think if I think he gave up the single. What if he gives up a ground ball double play the next batter? Is Frankie Montas pitching tomorrow? I don't know who's pitching. Who's pitching? Well, uh, it's not Frankie Montas because he's on the IL. Yeah. Uh, is Carlos Rodon pitching tomorrow? He's on the IL. Oh shit! That's another. Is uh, well, Garrett Cole's pitching today? Is Luis Severino pitching tomorrow? Severino's no, still also on the, on the shelf. Man, it seems like you got a bunch of starters on the shelf. Yeah. 
you may not want to, like, is getting a complete game, like, do you get a trophy for a complete game? Is this the, hey, we got to get through this, like, no, it's a long season, man. You, your guy pitched great for eight innings. Awesome. Pat him on the shoulder. Say, great job. We've got a ninth inning guy who's going to take over from here. That would have been an okay decision to start the ninth inning with Clay Holmes. But I think once you start the ninth inning with Domingo Herman, I think you let him ride it out. Now, if uh, you let him I, ride it out till he get till he let somebody on base. No, he let the first he let the first guy on base. I let him pitch to the next batter. Okay. And I think that once he puts the tying run on, you gotta take him out. But let's say he gets Ahmed Rosario to ground into a double play. Then all of a sudden, there's two outs, and you're fine. He's going he's gonna to close out the game. Probably so. What if he strikes out Rosario? Then there's two outs in the inning. Actually, no, a double play would have ended the game because there was already one out. Yeah. I just, I would have, he was at 88 pitches. I let him stay in the game. He was so dominant that I think giving Cleveland a different look actually gave them a chance to play, to, to win the game. Maybe so. I, I, I just know closers now, are let's also, of habit. Let's also acknowledge that Clay Holmes came into the game and got a ground ball from Rosario. Mm-hmm. He just botched the play. Yeah, He tried to backhand it. He couldn't make the play. It was an error. So he got the ground ball that if he fields it cleanly, maybe it's a game-ending double play, but it was a botched play, and then all of a sudden he gives up the single to Ramirez, and then Josh Naylor, hits, and then all of a sudden it's quicksand. Well, and then they pulled the closer out. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I didn't like the way he handled it. I think you bring a closer into a clean inning in the ninth inning if you're in a save situation. Mm-hmm. If the, if it were a no hitter, I would have said, hey, you know what? Go let him get that no hitter. It wasn't. He pitched great. Get him out of there. Like it just didn't make sense to me to to try and and be cute in that situation. You've got enough in injuries with your starting rotation yeah. that if a guy. Gets through eight innings with 88 pitches. You just say, hey, man. Let, well, let's, it was less than 88. Uh, he, it was like 84 or whatever, 85. Let's count that as the win and say, hey, you you dominated for eight innings. Great job. We'll see you in five days. It just, I don't know. It, did, it doesn't seem like, uh, it, it just seems like like Aaron Boone, maybe because they're struggling, is just overthinking things at this point. Mm, he was at 82 pitches going into the ninth inning. Awesome. Good job, bud. I got I I I I have no problem with him going out there for the ninth. I just I wouldn't have been so quickly to pull him there after the single to Stephen Kwan. I would have let him pitch to Rosario and see what happens. But hey, the Yankees are just in a, a mess right now. And last they, place Yankees. And they put Aaron Judge on the IL. So they're gonna be without him for, you know, s- some more time as he's dealing with that hip strain. So the Yankees IL, right now it's like you look at the Yankees IL and you're thinking, well, a pretty good team. <laughs> Not you <know>? bad. Yeah, <laughs> you got some guys there that could, uh, you know, it's like Stanton, Donaldson, Judge, Harrison Bader. You know, you're like, this is a pretty, yeah, pretty, you can make a pretty, pretty good, good lineup, squad there. Right, you know, Pre- th- th- then you look at like Severino, Rodon. <laughs> like uh-huh. we, we got something good going. Speaking of Harrison Bader, though, he actually could return today uh well return he could make a season debut today for the Yankees so maybe that's part of why 
the Yankees decide to put Judge on the IL is to clear up the roster spot, and then now they'll activate Harrison Bader. Maybe he plays here on Tuesday. We'll get to the rest of Tuesday's schedule in just a moment, but uh, Mets and Braves split a doubleheader yesterday. Braves win game one, 9-8. Spencer Strider picks up his fourth win. He's now 4-0 on the season. Wasn't easy. Was not easy. This was not your typical Spencer Strider dominant performance. He did strike out eight batters. But he got tagged for four runs in five innings. Is that less than nine and a half? That is less than nine and Thought a it half. Might be. Yes. So uh, he gives up four runs, but the Braves still get the victory nine eight. Uh, Mets win game two five three, and uh, that does go under. So a game two doubleheader under back on track after a bad weekend. Cubs beat the Nationals. Uh, the Red Sox a six five win over the Blue Jays. Walk off fashion. As uh, Alex Verdugo got the leadoff homer in the ninth inning. Uh, The Astros, a 7-3 win over the Giants. The Padres, an 8-3 win over the Reds. And the Dodgers blow out the Phillies 13-4. Meaning the Sunday night baseball travel fade improves. Strikes again. To 3-1 on the season. But 2-2 to the total because Dodgers... Well over. Well over. But maybe we should be looking at the team total. Maybe so. For the Sunday night fade yeah. team. Because the Phillies only scored four runs. I mean, well, it's still a good amount. Yeah. But the other teams that, that you know that have done it. Have but it's a less. couple times that the team that they're playing has gone off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, hey, we're fading the, the Sunday night baseball teams, and it has worked out. So here's what's going on in the schedule for tonight. Braves are in Miami to take on the Marlins. This is a rematch of a pitching matchup we saw last week. Bryce Elder and Sandy Alcantara. When these two faced off against each other last week, it was a first five under as the Braves scored three runs, one run in each, the second, third, and fourth innings. Atlanta didn't score anything. Uh, um, Excuse me, Miami scored three runs in the one run in the second, third, and fourth off of Elder. Atlanta didn't score anything off of Sandy Alcantara. So, do we go back to the well with a first five under Alcantara Elder tonight? Didn't sound like a bad call. Yeah, I, I don't know how much I trust Alcantara, but that's the only way I could look. Three and a half? It's Ooh, low. That's a low number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably pass for me. Ooh, there's a four. Actually. I, I'd play under four. You know what's crazy? It's like four. The game total, hmm, we might have a play here. Game total is seven and a half, right? First five total is four with the over juiced at minus 135. Could there possibly be a four and a half out there? Because that is a rogue line if we can get a four and a half on this. I'm looking right now. Let me look at another book here. Seven and a half game total. That makes sense. First five innings, total runs, four and a half. Minus 142 on FanDuel. Mm. Hammer spot. Okay. Yeah, it's big juice, but yeah, I, I like that. Best bet. Under four and a half. First five innings. Atlanta and uh, Miami. Bryce Elder, Sandy Alcantara. Mets are at the Tigers. Joey Lucchese, Michael Lorenzen. Mets minus 155. Pirates at the Rays. Uh, Rosny Contreras goes for the Pirates. And Javi Guerra is going to be the opener. For the Rays. Cubs are at the National. Chicago minus 145. Hayden Wisniewski against Trevor Williams. Yankees Guardians. Garrett Cole on the mound. Yankees minus 178. 
that's a high number for this terrible lineup with no Aaron Judge. Yeah. But it is Garrett Cole. That's true. What do you think about? The- I'd, I'd look at an under. Total is seven. Hmm. Where are the runs coming from for the for the Yankees right now? And when Garrett Cole pitches, you just assume there's going to be a, a one or a two on the other side. I know. It, it feels maybe a first five under in this one. Three and a half. God, that is low. Uh, I, I'd probably rather play the full game, to be honest. Seven. Yep. Such a low number. But you're right. Where's the offense coming? Yep. Where's it coming from? Uh, Twins are at the White Sox. Joe Ryan, Michael Kopech, your boy Joe Ryan, minus 170 favorites over the White Sox. I, I like, listen, any chance you get to fade the White Sox if it's not Dylan Cease Day? Mm-hmm. And even lately on Dylan Cease Day, you can do it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I couldn't look at the White Sox here. Kopech, 0-3 with a 7.01 ERA. Blue Jays at the Red Sox. Tanner Houck, you say Kikuchi. You say Kikuchi's 4-0 this year with a 3.00 ERA. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about Good at uh, sports. Yeah, he's minus 140 favorites. The Orioles at the Royals. Ryan Yarbrough gets the start for the Royals. And Tyler Wells goes for the Orioles. The Orioles are minus 155. Angels at the Cardinals. Patrick Sandoval against Steven Matz. The Cardinals minus 130. Ooh, Cardinals is a favorite. <laughs> Pass. Steven Matz on this. Steven Matz 0-3 with a 6.23 ERA. Yeah, I, I'm not looking at the Cardinals with a minus next to their name. My boy, Zach Gallen. On the mound against the Rangers in Texas. Arizona minus 145. Gallon is going on about 28 scoreless innings. This is a bummer because wouldn't this be Gallon DeGrom if DeGrom wouldn't have gotten hurt? Mm, Oh, I don't know. This is John Gray's start, so. Okay. No, I don't think it would be DeGrom. So it's John. This is a good pitching matchup. This is a. Total is seven and a half. Give me under seven and a half. I like that. Full game total seven and a half. Let's look for the first five total. Ooh, there's an eight out there. First five total of four. What's the, what's the eight juice to? The total of eight is under minus 115. Oh, I'll play that for sure. Where's that at? That's at DraftKings. Okay, under eight minus 115. There's my best bet for today. My boy, Zach Gallon. Your guy. Let me look at this. Let me see. Team total in the first five innings for the Texas Rangers. One and a half. Oh, boy. I've done he, it. I, he's, I've, uh, listen, I've, I've done it for two straight starts, betting the opposing team under one and a half runs against and Zach you're Gallen. 2-0. And I'm 2-0 right yeah. now. It's got to stop sometime. The scoreless streak has to stop, but. He's so good. Can it happen in, like, the sixth inning? Probably. <laughs> like, not, not in the fifth, not in the first five. Uh, yeah, uh, Zach Gallen's just so good right now. Uh, the Giants at the Astros. Anthony DiSclefani, he's off to a great start against Hunter Brown. The Astros, another team that probably need to start worrying about starting pitching. Uh, Luis Garcia left the game yesterday mm. with elbow tightness. Uh, Urquidy left the game before. Yeah. Like, they're starting to run out of bodies, too. So, the Astros are, are starting to look like the Yankees, a bit of a mash unit, just trying to survive this early season. Uh, but Hunter Brown has been very good for them. He, he's he, the rookie uh, who is has thrown the ball well. Giants been pretty bad on the road. I'd probably lean to the Strohs here. Uh, I don't hate the Giants with DiSclefani on the hill. This is a big price here for the Astros and Hunter Brown. Uh, Brewers are at the Rockies. Freddie Peralta, Reed Feltner goes for Colorado. Milwaukee minus 170. Mariners at the A's. We got Mil- we got Miller on Miller crime here. Let's do it. Bryce Miller gets up, the guy. start for Seattle against Mason Miller for the A's. Boy, Mason Miller's hurt my feelings so far. I thought he was going to be so good, and he's just gotten lit up time and again. Uh, I want to say back Mason Miller here, but I refuse to. So Mason Miller 
was the top prospect uh, of the A's, and Bryce Miller is the, is the top prospect for the Mariners. So which Miller prospect has the better game? The odds tell you right now, Seattle, minus 140. <laughs> I mean, I think when you consider that the other eight guys on the field are Oakland A's, yeah, and, and, that's, that probably has something yeah. to do with it. Reds are at the Padres. Graham Ashcraft goes for the Reds. He's off to a really good start this year. Michael Waka, San Diego's minus 190, but this is I think this is too high of a price. What's the plus Graham one and Ashcraft. a half with Ashcraft? Plus one and a half with Ashcraft is going to be... Uh, um, it's not going to be heavy. I wouldn't think so. Minus 125. I could get down with that. I'd rather do first five innings plus, plus a, a half, half run. a run. All right. Minus 105 for Graham Ashcraft and the Reds. First five innings plus a half a run. Thinking if Ashcraft just only gives up like one run or something. Yeah. Then then maybe you got yourself a chance. And then Matt Strom gets the start for the Phillies. Julio Urias. For the Dodgers, L.A., minus 165. Make sure you head to pregame.com to take advantage of a variety of packages we have available for you. Not just daily best bets, but you can get an all-access from your favorite pregame pro. Maybe just a seven-day all-access or get ready for the weekend with a weekend all-access package. Gets you every pick from every sport from your favorite pregame pro or use... uh, our promo codes and take 20% off a season long subscription package. If you will promo codes fight 20 or bases 20 use one. If you already have, then use the other one bases 20 or fight 20. Either promo code going to get you 20% off at pregame.com for AJ Hoffman. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.